Well, hey, folks. Welcome. Well, here we are, the Not Necessarily Mad podcast with me, Eric Hollinsworth, and G.B. Meyer. So thanks for joining us. In this episode of Not Necessarily Mad, GB and I talk about the art form of the music video, how it's evolved from its beginning in the late 60s to its place in society today. So let's get right to it. Well, hey, GB. Hey, Eric. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, you know, all things going, uh, you know, we're in the midst of the monsoon season here in, in, in my neck of the woods. and Yeah, it's coming down heavy where I'm sitting tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a miserable couple of days, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get by. Yeah, we will. So uh, one of the things that you and I have, have really kind of grasped uh, in our, I, I would say our short friendship, but it's, it's coming up on a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, is we, we both have a love for art and arts and art for art's sake. Sure. Um, we're both film buffs to an extent. Yeah. I think you more, more so than I, I have a, I have a list of favorites, but, um, you know, and obviously our musical tastes do cross paths more, more than once or twice. Yeah. Uh, as uh, with our backgrounds and whatnot. Um, and we also have this, you know, the, the, I think you explained it to me earlier, this crossover of that art form of where music meets uh, movies. And, yeah. And I'm not, not talking about, like, you know, the, the, the Star Wars music and stuff like that. But, <laughs> right. But, but more, more along the lines of the, of the art form of the music video. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, you know, where music and film come together is, I mean, it, it goes back to the first experiments with film, even with Thomas uh, Edison. And I know this just because I'm a geek. But my, my, my thought is, you know, you and I have a real passion for music as a performed art. And yes, correct. Right. And, you know, you and I are very invested in the experience of live music. I mean, um, I really enjoyed your conversation with Matt flat five and you guys talking about, you know, that, that energy, that, that, uh, different language you get in the moment of that experience while you're performing it. Right. Yeah. That was, uh, it was good. That was good. That was a good chat with him. It was right. I really enjoyed that. I wish I could have been there with you guys. So my thought is you know, as a phenomena, you and I have watched videos in the, uh, for music evolve over time. And I'll come back to that thought in a second, but my here's what's curious to me. When you're watching a music video, it requires you to, it, it, it's a commitment to a single recorded version of a song, and it's usually gonna be a produced one. It's usually not gonna be a live one, which is fine, but it stands maybe a little at cross purposes with that thing that you and I are so passionate about, which is the performance. Right, exactly. And, and you know, it, it's funny you say that. When, I w- when, when we settled on this topic at our production meeting, I was like, you know, I I really need to do because I mean, you and I grew up in the what would be called the golden age, golden age of MTV. Yeah, right. And you know, so my my first thought was like right back to those early ones, and you know, we joked about what the what the overall title of this little episode <laughs> would be is "Video right. Killed the Video Radio killed Star." Radio Star, yeah, yeah, and that was one of you know the first. You know, I remember 
you know, dum ba dum ba dum ba dum, and then that that video comes on by the what was it, the Buggles? The Buggles, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god! And so I I, I YouTube that, and it's horrendous. But at the time, <laughs> it was so cutting edge. But as yeah. I, but as I was thinking about that golden age of MTV. Uh, back when they actually had music television, um, you know the the ones that stood out to me, and and I'm sure we can go back historically. And I think, you know, we we can look back at other you know pre precursors to that that moment in time. But I look at you know I started looking at like Tom Petty videos, the Cars. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, who was the other one that um, just real? Uh, Peter Gabriel and yeah and. and that whole the whole so album and what he did with the videos sure and there was one the one of the earlier um tom petty videos was like around 1981 mm-hmm. um and oh shoot what was it um what was the name of that one was that the waiting uh yeah yeah i think it was but the the whole the whole point of the video was they were shooting a video about shooting a video. Oh, okay. And it, it it's actually it shows you how meta Tom Petty was early on in this. He he, I, I read the article that you know did a little research on read an article that uh, Rolling Stone did about that and actually had interview quotes from him. He, he hated the idea in nineteen like nineteen eighty one. Hated the idea of shooting a video. Right. Because he thought the lip syncing, you could tell, he said, you could tell on the Ed Sullivan show when they were lip syncing. You could tell <laughs> on, you know, American Bandstand when they were lip syncing. And and evidently he shared that same value that we do in live performance. And so the, the whole thing about shooting a video, about shooting a video and how the cameras close in on the band and they rebel and start sitting on the camera stands and right. forcing the cameras to move and, and accept them in their position was just, like I said, so meta. Yeah, so, like, you know, yeah and, and right, because there's, uh, that, was, that was at a moment of crossroads where I think that even, even at that moment in time in the very early 80s, an understanding of, this is where uh, a video, a recording of of watching an artist perform, or you know, a would be performance or an imitation of it, is moving beyond you know something you've seen on the Ed, Ed Sullivan show or you know inside of which a movie. was yeah, what an approximation of right. a performance. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, hey, guess what? That's you know, we we're actually moving beyond that. So if we're not doing that and we're creating a film version of this song, well, then what's it supposed to be? Us standing here and playing it? You're not really watching us play it, and you know it, and we all know it. And right. to your point, that's meta. So I think right around that time is where you see that shift that this starts becoming a particular medium. And I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. So, so then what I wonder is with you and I loving performing, uh, the, the uh, performance art in general, but certainly performed music and, uh, stagecraft and whatever else, you know, you and I are positioned to have watched over a period of time very closely through our, our developmental years and all the way through adulthood, watching this medium form. And I'm wondering, you know, when is it just right? When does it become something beyond 
a, you know, a, a particularly clever piece of footage or a really great song? And when does it become a phenomena where it, it, those two things become greater than what they were independently? I can tell you exactly when. 1986. Okay. Sledgehammer. Wow. Yeah. It's weird you said that. When you mentioned Peter Gabriel earlier, I was like, oh, yeah, Sledgehammer. That's, uh, that yeah. popped in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. I think... Everything was leading up to that, but I think like 86, 87 is where you get like, you know, you, you have Sledgehammer from him and a couple other things from from that album. So, you know, 1985, you've got the Alice in Wonderland dream sequence Don't Come Around Here No More from Tom Petty. Right. And, and I think, you know, as we get closer and closer to the modern era where, you know, you got to look at, you know, the only way we could see videos was to basically watch MTV. I right. mean, there was there were a couple of late night video shows like seventy eight, seventy nine. I can I can vaguely sure. remember Friday night videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay up and watch that too. Yep, and and but we you know we we saw that, and I think you know there was this ten year or so space between like that the end of the golden age of MTV. Mm-hmm. And the advent of the internet to a point where you could do streaming videos, maybe a decade and a half, almost two decades. So it's like from the end of the 90s until, you know, the mid 2000-ish right. type thing. Yeah. And and I think, you know, looking back, you know, and I, and I tried to watch, like, you, know, you just do a little surfing the other night, mm-hmm. seeing, all right, you know, I'm not one for pop music or the, or the modern sounds so much on pop radio. Mm-hmm. But what I what I did was just like, all right, what's the Billboard Top 100? Let me look at the videos for the top three. And honestly, the 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 comparison I made was, or the conclusion I came to, it's like the the videos now. Well, the videos when we were growing up with, like I said, MTV, were more about the metaphors, and they were they were trying to trying to build these yeah. images yeah, of yeah, metaphor. Yeah. I mean the, the cars um there's a video oh, I can't remember the name of the song and it's driving me crazy but it's uh oh all I want is you. Oh uh, yeah, right. And basically it's a stalker song. And yeah. and and they hid that in metaphor, you know, the, right, the submarine the, mm-hmm. coming up in the bathtub, the mirror, a pesky fly that won't go away. It, exactly, and and you know, it was it was beautifully done because you know it took me till you know being an older adult to realize, oh, that's kind of skeevy. Oh, you know, yeah. And, uh, particularly, I remember there was maybe a, a hint of con- controversy around. Uh, the woman looking down at the bar of soap floating in her bathtub and the band the cars is playing on that bar of soap, soap like it's right. their stage right yeah, like right, oh, exactly. that's risque um yeah. but you know so uh what you called out about sledgehammer and metaphor and i completely get it you know uh, in the earliest days it was like i don't you know we want a metaphor we want some images and we don't really know what to do so here's a white horse running through some smoke on the street you don't know why you know very low budget stuff yeah yeah, and then thriller kind of popped that wide open with you know what this is going to be cinematic we're going to make something that's an event that's a great word for it because that that's one of the things i noticed as i was going like through i did a a brief history of the of the tom petty videos just kind of like all right this is what he was doing early this is what he was doing midway through and that would been you know don't come around here no more which was was very cinematic to um 
you know, by the end of his end of the, I would call the video age, like 93, 94, they're shooting it on cameras that are movie ready. I mean, they're right. the high dollar movie films. They're not shooting them on tape anymore or, you know, it, it looks the, the difference between videos in 19, let's say 81, 82 mm-hmm. and 91, 92. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the how how good it got so quickly to the point where and our, you know if you what if you watch and I, I'm really going to sound geeky here so but you know we'll power through it uh, Spike Jones has some really great stuff and uh, what okay, he does that's, that's geeky yeah I'm sorry it, it was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> we're all struggling here everyone roll your eyes in unison yeah, right. so um, but sabotage with the Beastie Boys was really just them going out with uh, handheld equipment and filming things ad hoc and in and in um, all kinds of goofy gear that they brought with them. Right. They didn't have a permit. They didn't have a set. They were just they were just some guys out messing around and filming it. And it's got it's got the lo-fi of a '70s cop drama, everything you'd expect it to be. Right. But but the differentiator, the rebellion. Is that it's not so polished and cinematic, and what had been built up over the you know the, the dozen years that had come before that since Thriller. And, and and I think you know that might be like an ode. Almost you're getting to that second generation of of artists that are getting into it. You get an ode to that earlier stuff. Now I know they were they were truly being trying to 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 cop that I don't know, <laughs> cop, <laughs> cop that cop feel. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, okay, is, I, I understand the style selection because it's a brilliant video. Right. Yeah. But is it, is it more of a, um, an homage, if, if you will, to, mm-hmm. to what was, was earlier? I mean, I look at, oh, oh Jay Giles band, Love Stinks. Yeah. Yeah, where right. they've got fish heads in the, in the, in the garden, you know, as they're walking by and you're just like, what? I, mm, I don't. Okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, that stinks too. But I mean, and it and you, you're right. Lo-fi. It looks like somebody went out there with a like a portable Betamax machine. Yeah, it would have been at that time. Yeah, and really, you know, low quality. And that and that kind of you know, kind of triggered a question for me is like looking at it. You know, having that history that we you know, and I, I feel it's a fairly rich history of the art of the video. Mm-hmm. Because you saw the growth and it became less of a secondary thing. It's like, okay, you put out the album, you put out a single, and now let's shoot a video to promote the single. Yeah. Nowadays, I think, you know, with most stars, they are still doing that that studio work and getting whatever they're going to be calling it, a single, a drop, whatever. But they're immediately, even before they've released the song as pure audio, they're shooting a video for it. Yeah. And and one of the one of the things I can that kind of struck me is like, you know, getting back to this idea of the early videos having metaphor. Now there were there were some that you know had storylines to it, and I get that. Sure. Um, and you know, you're always going to get the, the car, you know, shooting out the, shooting a camera out the car window (laughs) as you're driving down some desolate highway, right? you know, those kind of things. But, you know, I think it was more about the metaphors and, and, and 
building something from that song, and now it's it seems to be more about the spectacle. Yeah, oh, you know, interesting. Yeah, because um, right, because now we're in a space of um, we're in a time of clickbait. You're in competition with everybody else to get all the attention that you can. Right, and so the spectacle is the draw and so you don't go to release until you've thought through this is the song that we're going to make sure that we're focused on this is the one that's going to be the hit this one has to go to release with the video concept and it's got to be huge right um a a spectacle like you say um and then you know interestingly enough um there are people who can make a splash with a song and a video all at once, and that's kind of the emerging phenomena. And I don't know whether or not it's even really in the same category, but it's certainly blending in the way people are consuming it. Well, I I, I think what's happened is the video has taken uh, the the access to video and or, or streaming in general has taken the onks off of uh, of like radio. Per yeah. se, yeah. I mean, you don't have to tune into a radio station and wait to hear your favorite song anymore. You can just punch it up on your phone, and it's right there. Right. And I think that we're in a we're in a, a society now that's truly in the digital age. I mean, you know, you and I were pre digital mm-hmm. and, and right. kind of eased into digital as we've as we've become older. Right. We're immigrants to this. Yeah. Exactly. We weren't we weren't born in the dark. Right. But it was close. Yeah. But, you know, the kids today, it's like, you know, uh, case in point, Brother Matt, uh, Matthew, the mm-hmm. yeah. from, from our last episode, uh, we I made a reference last night at, at a rehearsal for Flat Five, uh, ladies and jingle fins, I'm out of here. <laughs> and the 45-year-old that was standing uh-huh. there got uh-huh. it. Okay. The 27 and the 23-year-old looked at me and like, ladies and jingle fins? This is a wind tunnel. Yeah, what? So I had to explain the reference, mm-hmm. and the 22-year-old still didn't get it, and the 23-year-old, oh, wow. and the 27-year-old, oh, right, the Muppet Show. <laughs> and so I, so as he's leaving, I said, hey, man, uh, I almost hate to ask this, but do you guys have a DVD player or Blu-ray player? And he goes, oh, you know, uh, we've got an old laptop that has a disc, you know, on it. Wow. And I'm just like, oh my god, you know that that's how fast it's moved. Sure. So now instead of having to go through the those kind of gyrations to get your 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 media going, you're looking at you know a couple of clicks on your phone or your mm-hmm. tablet or or if you're still using a laptop, your laptop, and you're and you're getting that information right then and there. You don't have to wait and. and hope that it plays in the next hour before you have to go do something. Right. So the flavor of the art, and sometimes it's not really art. A lot of times it's just product, but we'll call it, we'll just say art or the music video. The flavor of that is evolving very quickly as the rate of change of how people consume it is changing so quickly too. I, I believe that too. Yep. I, and you know, I, I had another thought when you, when you had mentioned something, I triggered it and I had to scribble it down so uh-huh. I wouldn't forget it. You know, you think about it back in the day the videos were treated like singles on a radio station if yeah you got monetized if you got into a heavy rotation and played right 
And now, and that was based on, you know, the company you're working with, whether it was, you know, MTV, VH1, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's, you have a direct line to monetize your stuff. I mean, it takes yeah. what, uh, 10,000 subscribers or thousand thousand subscribers on YouTube and you can start monetizing your video. Right. On all these individuated channels. Exactly. And so I, again, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this at other times. It's, it's, it's almost like the art is back in control of the artist as far mm-hmm. as how they make money with it how they monetize it and how they how they move forward you got me thinking that you and i i have no background in filmmaking and i'm gonna guess i don't i don't i'm gonna guess that you don't really either because we've talked about our experiences with stage training but i don't know you're full of surprises have you ever have you ever tried shooting a video is that something you've tried before um i've i've put together like um uh, montage videos Okay. Uh, pictures and stuff like that for for a couple of art, uh, a couple of music projects. It's like, oh, we have a single. Oh, we need a video for that if we're going to put it out. But in terms of like you, uh, you were referencing, let's say like um, you might think by the cars, and so they right. have a storyboarded idea. This is how we're going to convey, um, you know, like a comic book. And I know we've talked about not on not on uh, this podcast, but you know, independently, we've talked about. Uh, the flow of story inside of the the, uh, the comic structure, right? Yeah, I guess the question for me is uh, getting back to the videos. Yeah, art has that has the art form itself changed dramatically from like when we were watching them as you know teens and early twenties to what's going on today. Yeah, in some ways I think it has. In other ways, I think it's really just, if you will, um, I think it's just built on top of what has been codified or structured as this is what a music video will contain. It will have aspects or elements of uh, of uh, you know what's coming or you know what to expect. It doesn't shift gears like, um, I don't know, I'm thinking of Kill Bill, like Quentin Tarantino. It doesn't become different movies within the movie. Right. Um, so there, I think that there are some things that are orthodox that you can expect, but I also think that, yeah, I think that what you're looking for now is something, maybe it's not necessarily spectacle, but you do want something that is going to keep your attention because we have so many other things that can distract us where we're watching the video. Right. So maybe that has changed the flavor of it a little bit. Maybe things are a little bit more go, maybe they're a little bit uh, flashier, maybe there's more um, effect inside of it that we expect um or or candidly as i'm talking through it and i'm thinking to your question out loud i'm thinking that honestly i think most of what i watch in terms of video content right now is actual uh life performance yeah i'm 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 not i'm not a uh top 40 pop kind of guy i'm i'm right I, i live my life in jazz classical and jam bands and um, all of those lend themselves more to live performance than than what we would consider, you know, the pop art of a video. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so, so I don't. I don't know that I. I don't know that I could answer with any real uh, expertise on, or even a well formed opinion on that. I mean, it seems to me that the that the contemporary video. Um, that you see on on MTV is uh, 
I mean, uh, not listen to me on MTV, on YouTube, is uh, follows the, if you will, the MTV idea. I'm thinking of one I saw, I don't know, six, seven months ago by a, uh, an indie pop band called White Reaper. And they reminded me very much, not only in, in what they're playing, but even the structure of their video of, of Tom Petty. Right. Um, and uh, so it, it really, I don't know how much of that was they are not deviating from formula or if, um, you know, what's old becomes new again. And that's a bit of a fashion choice. I can't really well, say. Yeah, it, it could very well be, you know, and I did have one other thought about that, you know, and we've really not touched on that genre because I don't think either one of us are, uh, are, are well versed in it just because of our musical taste. But I did, mm -hmm. you know, as we were talking about this and, you know, again, just kind of surfing through stuff to get an idea of stuff. What I noticed from like, um, let, I guess it would be Latinx and in, instead of Latino, uh, mm -hmm. the Latinx videos and, and hip hop and rap, they seem to be less about, um, less about the story of what's going on and more of a capture of their society in that time. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I thought about was like, there's a, and I, I, I couldn't tell you who the artist was or where I saw it, but I, it just struck me. It was the performer rapping as he's walking down the street and you have the bouncing cars going on behind him. Right. So it's, um, a presentation of self as brand, self as authentic, and self within context. This is where I'm from. This is what I am. Right. And yeah, and making sure that's visually represented in the performance and, and, uh, and, and the film. Right. And I'm not saying that the early Tom Petty stuff didn't didn't show his both his Florida roots and his his California dreaming, as he called it, <laughs> when right. he was out in L.A. during that time, and and being influenced by that and. And those kind of visuals and ideas too, you know, um, like free falling. Um, you yeah. know, that video is just him in and out of shots as they're as they're shooting stuff that is contextually based on the song, you know, loosely. And I, I guess you know that is a sign of the times. I mean, there are going to be timeless things. Um, I think you know, as '80s as Sledgehammer looks. It's still timeless. Sure, you know, that stop stop um, animation. Yeah, it's it's aged well because even though effects like what they're trying are so much more easily to, more easy to do in a in a physical or a CGI way now, um, what they were what they were attempting with it was so ahead of the curve that even now you could say, "Wow, that was that, you that know, was heady." That was a <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, word. I mean, the Beatles were the same way. I mean, if, if you want to look back, I think, you know, the whole we've always had like glimpses of performances on video uh, as far mm -hmm. back as we can. You know, I remember, you know, growing up seeing like, you know, clips of Patsy Cline before sure. she passed and on like that. But having conceptual like ideas around the video. I think may have even, you know, I don't think it started with the Beatles, but they brought it to prominence with what they were doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I I would even say that if if you don't count something like one of the Beatles movies or even the Yellow Submarine uh, as a as a cartoon phenomena yeah. with Peter oh, Max, great stuff. 
I know, but if if you look at their if you look at their video film Strawberry Fields, yes, that is hands down a music video, and that's like 1967, right? Yeah, it's Summer of Love, you know. So, um, and honestly, that was hands down better than a lot of the stuff I stayed up late to watch on Fridays a decade later. True. Well, I mean, you can go so far as um, you had the 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 prefab for with the monkeys. And sure. and there, you know, one 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 song per episode where they were in either a, a what we would call a, a video type situation or live performance cut mix, right. and and lay, right. laying out the groundwork for for just about everybody else that followed between those two. Yeah. I mean, you, obviously, I you I don't think you can compare. Well, you can Strawberry Fields and what and like the stuff that uh, the monkeys did with Head. And, and, yeah. the, and the movie that went along with oh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about a gem that people don't know about, <laughs> but anyway, that's a, that's a different topic. Yeah, indeed, indeed. A long topic at that. But, um, you know, I, these, I think, laid down the, the, the groundwork for what we eventually saw. And I think, honestly, I think it's the technology got cheap enough for everybody to do it. I mean, you think about it, the, the monkeys had the backing yeah. of, of the network. And the Beatles were just filthy rich by 67. You know what? Um, that is such a great point. I hadn't even thought of it. But uh, if you follow what was happening in um, in punk with this rebellion of do it yourself, right. and suddenly you have this emergence of new wave. And what, what what is really lifting that up is an attitude, but combined with cheap and available synthesizers. And also, um, I won't call it cheap, but much less expensive video equipment. Right. So the technology was meeting that do-it-yourself ethos halfway. Correct. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden, you see everybody's like, like you said, with Thriller or the later Tom Petty stuff, or even into mm-hmm. the stuff we're doing now. You know, the people put emphasis on that art form. We've got to make it better than what we did before. We've got to shoot it on better cameras. We've got to have better this. We've got to have better that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there was, um, if you look at the attention to detail, at a, I'm going to call them uh, videos from the 70s, and they both had their, their own origin story, um, but they're both iconic. One is um, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Right. Uh, some of that is, you know, performance driven, um, but a considerable amount of it is, you know, the, you know, the four of them standing in a in a, a diamond shape as a choir looking up. The lighting is is, uh, is significant in that. And then another one is David Bowie in his blue suit of Life on Mars. Oh, yeah. Where he's overexposed with all the light on him um, in the Ziggy hair and whatever else. Um both of those, however stripped down and simple they were with the artists performing, had a very strong focus on the lighting and, you know, everything went into a, a significant amount of production quality. Right. Well, I mean, David Bowie, I, you know, that's not one that popped in my mind when I was doing my research. But as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, you yeah. know, uh, less dance. You know, and, <laughs> right? And yeah. The, just think about it. They had to hire a helicopter to shoot a Stevie Ray Vaughan stand-in on a on a on a hill on a mountainside for <laughs> right. that thing. 
you know they're, yeah. they're throwing tons of money into the production of these things by that time and I, you know, I just feel like it, it started out as an afterthought. It's like, oh, yeah, we have we have this. We need to do a video with it as well to something that it, it became almost as important as the song itself. Yeah. Uh, and to, to, you know, to what we were talking about with the um, um, the availability of technology, I think we're seeing the other blip now, which is technology is not only becoming uh, less expensive, it's becoming more integrated with how we live. It's connected. It's more intelligent. Um, and there's this ability to create and generate individually person to person if we want to. You know, I can have my own YouTube channel with my own crappy little video, and I can have five people who can come and, and subscribe to me. Right. Well, and I'm not knocking that. If, what's more punk rock than that, if you yeah, will? Exactly. I mean, it's wonderful. Well, it, it, then you go back to what we said before. It's like uh, the great thing about technology is everything. everybody has a voice. And the mm -hmm. bad thing about technology is everybody has a voice. <laughs> I mean, right. there's, I mean, and you and I joke about it. And, and you know, obviously we're still recording during the, the COVID-19 situation. And yeah. as, as a musician, you know, I'm finding it very hard to get out and play. It's happening a little bit as restrictions are being lifted, but it's nowhere near where it was, you know, even six months, eight months ago. And um, I just see over and over again, the videos on you know Facebook Live or whatever, and we joke about it. It's like if I see somebody's hand first coming <laughs> yeah. away from the camera, I'm I'm just scrolling by it at this point because it's just you know it's just like come on, don't you have somebody that loves you that will push start? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and getting into that idea of um, of having you know quality with within the technology that we have and and technology is really really good you can do a really professional looking thing whatever you want to do you know no 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 knock on the talent but just the visual aspect of it there's so i mean our phones today are 10 times 100 times better than the cameras that were used to shoot any of these videos in the 80s yeah, and so those videos tend to be the ones you're describing. They tend to be, um, if you will, live music videos, or they're in the category of, "Hey, I'm going to perform this yeah, yeah, now." Yeah. Um, and and as you know, as you and I talked about, that's really more of what we're into. It goes back into our whole Jones about um, enjoying the experience of live performance and live music. Right. Um, but you know, I'm I'm wondering what the direction of this just right combination of when a song and when a video come together and it's not spectacle, and they don't work in, um, in you know against each other. They work together and and come out with something. I'll, I'll call it. I'll dub it the the sledgehammer effect. A great song that's original, with an edgy video that no one has tried before. You put them together and you have something that you can never separate. Right, because you hear the song Sledgehammer, and the first thing you think of is dancing chickens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, you know, at least I do. I mean, I, I think of the walking star suit. Yeah, exactly. The, but there's something from that video that as soon as somebody says, you know, that song Sledgehammer, and the first thing he goes, yeah. I, yeah, I, right. Yeah. And you have that vision in your head of whatever your favorite part is. I, I, I enjoyed the dancing naked chickens. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, and again, I can't speak to it because I'm not as, as I'm, I'm not as well versed in what the modern ideology is behind videos yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, for the most part, what I'm, what I'm seeing is though, is either you're getting the, the storytelling video 
or you're getting mm-hmm. like a montage video or you're getting a live performance just shot really really well uh, the the jam community actually calls it pro shot video pro shot a, yeah. as opposed to like somebody with a with a uh, you know a handheld device or a camera out in the mm-hmm. audience shooting or whatever that right. you you know you got six or seven camera guys and they, they edit it and everything looks great blah 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 you know one thing yeah. we really haven't you know we've kind of alluded to it a couple of times as as one of our one of our basis for what we watch is mm-hmm. is is that concert video oh yeah 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 oh um right so like uh, obviously um the last waltz i mean it's a robert altman movie and it's the yeah. band i mean right. uh, i mean that's uh that's that's the first one that pops in my head um, uh that and wood and the woodstock film oh yeah the woodstock film uh yeah a- another one um that made quite a splash and it's maybe a little bit later but not uh in slightly different genre uh is stop making sense by the talking heads oh great yes um, and in fact, I think that the, I don't think that they were, I don't think, I don't know that they were really that known until that movie came out with the suit and the costuming and the lighting. And that kind of became a phenomena. Well, I mean, people knew about them and a lot of that, that early new wave slash punk thing that was going on evolved, not, not the true punk thrash stuff, but the, the lead, like Blondie was considered punk at one point. I'm just like, no, 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 that's new wave. (laughs) Right. Um, but you, you get, they are performing, they are performance artists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and much like David Bowie through the early seventies. I mean, if you watch some of his, his video from live performance, he had a concert movie of Ziggy Stardust. Right. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten I'd seen that. That's fantastic too. Yeah, so the the concert movie, it, you know what? I'll I'll even I'll you know what? How about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a sad direction, but then we'll uh, then we'll come back to this. The sad direction is uh, movies in the '80s where they tried to manufacture a hit from a song no one had heard because it was new to the movie and they included it in a scene in the uh, like a montage in the movie, hoping they could lift and cut. Uh, that part of the movie and just I, turn I that know into which a music one video. I, I I I have the I have the perfect example. Oh, of that. okay, go for it. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and you know you know the song I'm talking about too, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, what is the name of that stupid? I thing? don't remember the name of it. What I do for love was that it? I think it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, bloody awful! I know and the video, and the video was just scenes from the movie. Just scenes from the movie. Uh, so is and and don't ask me why I know this. Just just don't. But just accept it. Just hear it and and don't ask. But Angel <laughs> of the City from the movie Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone in 1986. Oh, what a bad movie! Really bad movie. Terrible song. And there's this montage in the middle of the movie where you're like, you guys are you're making you're dropping a video in here and saying it's part of the movie or uh, what are you doing? Right. right. Well, uh, ca- capitalizing on what was at that point the golden age of MTV. Right. So they were certainly experimenting. Although um, I'm trying to think now. I'm going to come back to the happy space. I'm trying to think now of the last um, of the last concert movie I may have seen, and I'm thinking that. Maybe there are more of a rarity with the kind of video content that we have available um, 
to us right now where, you know, any number of pieces of shows or full shows are available. Right. And, and um, you know, a full-on production team and even a concept of how, you know, the stagecraft behind it and what that's going to look like, like right. the ones that we've named. You know, none of them have been incidental or, hey, we went out and played a show and we just happened to have the no, cameras they were, rolling. No, they, it was well planned out. Yeah. You know, what, one thing before we leave, the, the cross between the movies and the... Um, and the uh, and the and the musicians uh-huh. and, the, and the songs they were like, um, you know, there was never there was not there was a song from Peter Gabriel that didn't really have a really good video. I mean, it was it was a good video, but it wasn't one of those you go like, wow, right? But he he talks about the popularity of that song hit two years after that because of. Um, Oh what! Oh, the movie "Say Anything" with John Cusack holding the the boombox over his head. Oh yeah, that classic scene. And he he says, you know, we're we're trapped together in a, a minuscule moment of contemporary culture. Oh. You know that they're forever tied. Those those two performers in in two different genres are forever tied to that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, what is that? Is that your eyes? Is that the song? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's interesting. So that a movie could take a song that was um, not as big um, of a phenomenon yeah, my, and pull yeah, it forward. Minor hit. Yeah. And turn it into something that everybody remembers. Everybody from that age remembers, basically. I know that when I go away from this conversation, what I'm going to start doing now, because you know I'm a list maker, I'm going to start making lists of songs that I got into or I think other people got into because they popped up in a movie everyone liked. Or a TV show. Or a TV show. Yeah, that was, that was Miami Vice. Oh, famously. my gosh. Yeah, you just named their formula, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank those that have chosen to listen. Let your friends know that they can catch the Not Necessarily Mad podcast in the podcast section of Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and at madfamworld.com. Stay safe.